All right. Hello and welcome just to family. This is giving you something to talk about or just a live TV as I like to call it. I'm your host, Melissa Kretschler. Today we're going to be talking about unconditional self-love. Our sponsor today is Phoenix Identity. If you want to learn how to love yourself unconditionally with confidence and courage, then set up a clarity session with Phoenix Identity and start finding that today. All right. Um, I'm going to hand it over to our guest speaker to introduce themselves and then we'll get right into our topics. So would you like to do the honors? I sure would. Thank you so much. First, let me thank you, uh, Melissa, for having me. Um, I'm Jamie Johnson. I'm a Christian life coach. And um, my focus is to help women find their true identity in Christ so they can be confident in fulfilling their um, God-given purpose. Um, I'm also an author as well as a speaker. So I've had the honor of writing two books, one which focused on my journey with uh, breast cancer. And then my second book focuses on uh, cultivating an effective prayer life. So I'm ecstatic to be here and to share with you on today. And once again, thank you, Melissa, for inviting me. You are very welcome. So I'm excited for today's episode because whether you are finding yourself through spirituality, through religion, through your faith, or through your own needs, uh, we, we kind of bring both those aspects to the show. You are a Christian life coach. I am a life coach. Um, and it's, it's interesting. We all have the same goal and that's what I love about it. We all have different beliefs, different thought processes, different, different ways of, of accessing our true selves and knowing that about ourselves and being able to love that about ourselves, unconditional self-love. A lot of people don't know what that is. And I'd love to explain, um, and then see if that's something that you agree with, or maybe you have a different variation of that, which is totally all right and awesome. Um, so for me, when I explain unconditional love to people, um, I use myself as an example. I unconditionally love every aspect of myself, every aspect. And for most people, you're like, no, there's got to be something you don't like. Yes, there is. And that's the catch. But it's not your typical catch. I unconditionally love every part of myself, who I am, what I look like, my name, my gender, my identity. I love everything about myself. But I don't like everything. And there is a difference between liking and loving. I love everything about myself, regardless of the fact that maybe I don't like that I'm an extra 60 pounds overweight. Maybe I don't like the fact that, you know, my teeth aren't perfectly white, um, that I have rosacea. I, you know, I'm embracing, you know, the, the gray hairs that I'm getting as I, as I hit 40. Um, and you know what, that's fine. I don't have to like those things, but they are a part of who I am. So I love me. I love everything about myself. So would you say that your definition of unconditional self-love, do you think that's similar or, or would you have anything to add to that? I, I think you're spot on with it um, because I, I feel the same way and that's how I define it. Um, I love everything about myself. Now, there was a time when I couldn't say that. <laughs> Actually, I hated everything that I saw when I looked in the mirror and just everything about me all, uh, in general. But now I'm at a point where I truly love everything about myself, even the flaws, even the shortcomings. But like you, I'm aware that there are some areas that could be improved. But right now where I am, um, it hasn't gotten me to a point of where I'm saying, oh, my goodness, I, I can't stand a look at that. I, you know, that, that just really turns me off. It pushes me away. 
I don't think in terms of that, I still embrace where I am, who I am. And each day I strive to be a little bit better. And, um, you know, when you made the point and you said that you love everything about yourself, but there are some things you don't like and that there's a difference between the two. I think that's something that we um, have kind of moved away from in society, because for a lot of people, they group those two things together. You have to like and love. There is no one but, you know, or the other. It's both. And as you said, there's a difference between the two, between the two, excuse me. I love everything about myself, but yet I know that there are some areas that I could work on that I don't quite like, but I still, you know, that doesn't take away from me loving myself. So what you said, you really wrapped it up. And, um, you know, just to add to that, there it, it takes work to get to that point. It's a process. You know, it's not something that happens overnight or in a day or a week. It, it literally is a process to get to a point to say that you truly Love everything about yourself, everything, because even those things that are not so great, even those things that people don't understand or they consider to be weird or out of the norm, that's what makes me me. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it. I, I love it because it makes me stand out and it makes me unique. So the way you explained it, I agree 100 percent. Now, a lot of people don't know or haven't experienced unconditional self-love or unconditional love regardless. Um, We grow up and we think that, you know, I know from my experience as a child, I I didn't feel loved. Um, There were times absolutely where I felt loved, but for me growing up, and I think for most children growing up, um, when you have parents that say, you know, um, everything's great and I love you and I'm going to give you a hug and you know, you get the affection, you get the attention, you get all of this, right? When you're being good. And then when you act out, it's, no, I want nothing to do with you. I, you know, that's not, that's conditional love, right? And, and we take that as conditional love. I love you when, I love you if, right? So we're kind of taught that from a very early age. Now, my children, if you ask my children, do you, does your mother love you? They're going to say, yeah, but she didn't like me all the time. (laughs) And it's because I've taught my kids that, right? Uh, And you know what, as much as um, I have removed my mother completely from my life, um, and and that's my own reason, my own reasons and my own reasoning, um, there's still a lot of anger and hatred in that. And I'm I'm working on that, right? Um, But at the same time, you know, she taught me that lesson where, you know, I love you. I may not like you all the time. I may not like the things that you're doing. I may, might not like the choices that you're making, but regardless of that, I love you. And I have created my entire life on that basis of, you know, I don't have to like everything. I don't have to like everybody, you know, but I, I do need to love and, and unconditionally sit and, and just be there with unconditional love, unconditional respect, under, uh, you know, compassion and understanding. But again, that doesn't mean that you have to like everything. It doesn't mean that you have to have people in your life. And again, that, that self-love and the unconditional self-love, because that's what we're talking about today, mm-hmm. that gets damaged so easily. somebody's comment we you know our our version of self-love our worthiness our our uh, ability to feel you know confident and courageous and Mm -hmm. and all of that 
you know, a lot of that is impacted about the things that people say and whether we find our validation from outside right. sources, whether we, right. um, you know, if we go through situations that are traumatic or overwhelming mm -hmm. or, you know, or if we're abused or, or, you know, even a cancer diagnosis, right. That, that, yeah. that makes us feel like we lose our identity, right. We have this concept of what our identity is. And when, we, when it shifts, right. Um, sorry, my nose is itchy. Um, <laughs> when we go through something, so let's say somebody is diagnosed with cancer and breast cancer specifically. And let's say you have a double mastectomy. And I don't know if you have, we're not getting into that right now. So yeah. <laughs> just as an example, right? If you're a woman who has experienced, you know, a double mastectomy and, you know, maybe you've had a hysterectomy, mm -hmm. you know, if you're a man and you've had, you know, um, a vasectomy, I don't know why they're all to me. Um, if you've had any of those, you feel like your identity has been taken away from you. You feel like your womanhood has been taken away from you. Your manhood has been taken away from you. None of that changes any of that. And I think that, again, like I said, when we go through traumatic events or we go through very big life events, um, it, it can feel like our identity is being ripped away from us. When right. in reality, that has nothing to do with who we are. Right, right. You know, um, you're exactly right. You know, growing up, you know, you, you mentioned about you growing up in your childhood and so forth. You know, with my parents, um, I, I felt that I had that unconditional love. But what they did, and I, I think they did this, you know, unknowingly. It wasn't intention, intentional or anything. But um, the expectations that they had for me was a heavy burden. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, I always had to be the honor student. I always had to do well. I was always expected to do everything right. And I have a younger sister and it's like, she got a free pass on everything. But when it came to me, uh, I needed to be in a sense, perfect. And so I took on that, on that thought. And that's how I proceeded through life, you know, because one, I didn't want to disappoint my parents. And so I always worked harder. I always felt like I had to be perfect. If it was a 90, that wasn't good enough. I should have worked harder. I know it's something else that I could have done. So I found myself being hard on myself and striving for perfection, something that doesn't exist. Now that came from my parents. And then there were other people, you know, family members, just people in general who made comments about my appearance, how I looked and, and you know, what I would be able to accomplish in life and just all negative things. And, and I took all this in because when you're young, you know, you don't know how to filter certain things out. I mean, you know, 13, 14, you're already having problems with your identity anyway. And so um, I was just literally taking all that in and it was crushing me. It was crushing me. And I continued to just take it in, take it in, take it in. And before I knew it, hey, 20 years had passed of all this negativity, I'll take it in. And so now I'm at a point where I don't think I can do anything. Now, here I am academically at the top, you know, my grades would show I, I'm more than capable, but my mindset wasn't where it needed to be because these people had told me that I couldn't do certain things, that I wasn't going to be able to be successful in certain areas. And so that's what I told myself. That's what I believe. So I never even attempted to take risk or to, to take opportunities that were presented to me because I latched on to all the negative things that were said to me from other people. 
So I didn't do some things I know I should have done. You know, sometimes I think, my goodness, what did I miss? But what's done is done, right? You, you live, you, you learn, and you, you get better. And so that's what I've had to do. And when I finally got to a point of where I was uh, in the process of really learning who Jamie is, the cancer diagnosis came. And it's just, a, you know, uh, and again, like you said, we won't get into the double mastectomy part, but that was me. And um, as I looked at that, I, I, I thought, my goodness, this is horrible. This is, this is horrible. So I found myself re reverting back to having those confidence issues once again. I really did. And I really had to, because of my faith, uh, I started to pull myself out of it. I had to really uh, coach myself, really encourage myself uh, through my faith in order to remember who I truly am. That that's, that's just the body part. It really doesn't define who I am as an individual, okay? Um, and so, yes, it can be difficult, especially when you're dealing with um, uh, certain things and certain challenges within your life as you progress because you find yourself going back to putting some of those thoughts, some of those things that were said to you uh, from your past and bringing them over to the present. And it, it can hinder you if you allow it, if you allow it. But as I said earlier, it's a process to get to a point to say that you really love yourself unconditionally. That really, and I say it with so much ease, but it's a lot harder than that. It's a lot harder than that to be able to really uh, sit down and, and, and figure out who you are. Um, because I was at a point where people had told me who I was. So that's what I believe. If you ask me, I just repeat what someone else said. I didn't even know who I was. You know, other people told me who I was. And so I found myself as an adult trying to figure out who in the world am I? Now, I'm a little too old to be trying to figure this out, but that's where I was. And I had to figure it out because not only was I sabotaging myself, but every relationship I was in, I was sabotaging that as well. You know, so it's my future, my relationships, uh, doing things with on, on my career, you know, sabotaging. It was just infiltrating every area of my life. So I knew I had to address it and get myself together, figure out who I was, what I needed to be doing and do it regardless of what anybody thought or said about me. And, um, you know, being a life coach, and I'm sure you probably experienced this when you make posts, uh, you put yourself out there, even when you go live and people feel the need to, I don't know why, but they can always find something negative and, and post it on there and, and say something about you. If you're not careful, you'll find yourself reverting back. But um, I've had to get in the mindset of taking that negativity and really using it as motivation, not letting it get me down, no matter what it is that they, they've said or posted or commented on, uh, because it could be easy to go back to it. Um, but no, I, I take it and I, I use it as, as motivation now. When I didn't in my past, I didn't know how, how to do that. But loving yourself unconditionally, unapologetically is what I really like to say. I'm not going to apologize for being who I am. You know, either you're going to like me or you're not. Either way, I'm not going to stop being who I am. But getting to that point, um, it's easier said than done. But once you do the work, you go through the process, it's well worth it. My life now is completely different from how it was, you know, 20 years ago. I I'm nothing like I was uh, at that point in time. And I'm grateful for it. <laughs> Uh, we have a comment. Um, so hard to retrain the brain too. It is. It, it, it absolutely can be, right? Because you've had years of saying the same thing. So anybody who is starting, we've done an episode recently on how to take a compliment. 
And I'm going to run into three different things. Number one, when somebody makes a comment about you or somebody says something about you, whether it's negative or positive, it has nothing actually to do with you. It is, has everything to do with their perception, right? So we need to understand that. Other people's opinions, thoughts, beliefs, comments, those are all their perspectives, right? So if somebody looks at you and says, I don't like this, that's I don't like this. It's not right. You don't like this. It's I don't like this. That's their truth. And you can let them sit in their truth and not allow it to impact whether or not you love yourself. That's one of the first steps. One of the second steps is looking in the mirror. And I get I even get my own clients to do this when when we first start look in a mirror. And and I said this on a, a, an episode recently, look in the mirror, look yourself up and down. Full, full body, head to toe, look at yourself yeah. up and down and think about the things that are coming into your head while you're looking at yourself. Mm-hmm. Are you thinking positive things? Are you pointing out all of the things that you don't like? Um, are you looking at how tired you are? You know, are you saying, oh, I'm overwhelmed? Or are you saying nice things about yourself? Hell, you look good today. What? <laughs> Where, <laughs> right? Like, what, what, what kind of things are you saying to yourself? Because that's, that's where we start. Now, if, when you're down in the dumps, and this is one of the things I wanted to mention, when you're down in the dumps, when you're feeling depressed, when you don't know who you are, when you're not standing in that confidence and that unconditional self-love, you will look to other people and other things to provide you with that feeling, to provide you with that boost of confidence, that pick me up. Um, now we can do that to our loved ones, our friends, our career, uh, whether it be good or bad. Um, I've done careers where it made me feel great. And at the same time, it was one of the worst careers I've ever been in. Um, yeah. So it really just depends. But one of the things that I noticed a lot of people turn to is spirituality and faith. Mm. Now, let me get into this for a second. So this might be slightly controversial, but it's not. So bear with me. <laughs> okay. Um, we are, we're always looking for that outside validation, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you are somebody who is religious, like Jamie, you'll look to God for that, right? Because God unconditionally loves you, right? Now, if you're somebody like me, um, I, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately for me, but <laughs> for some people, it might be, I, I don't believe in God. I grew, grew up in a, in a, in a religious household. I chose to walk away from that path myself, but I do believe in a higher power. I do believe in, in a lot of the things that are, that are taught. Um, but I believe that unconditional self-love, that person that is there all the time who loves us who cherishes us who guides us forward is us so i just believe that we are god not in a god complex kind of way (laughs) so like i said bear with me it sounds bad at first but it's not but we do look for that external validation and turning to to faith and religion is a very good way to do that because it's it's not a specific person it is God. It is somebody that you can lean to, that you can speak to. Now, for me, I do similar things, but again, it's to me. It's my higher power. It's my my core identity. It's my intuition and that that being of myself. That's who I turn to. That's unconditional love is knowing that there is one, somebody out there 
who loves you unconditionally, who has got your back, who listens when you speak, who gives you those energetic, invisible hugs when you are feeling down and, and is just there to guide you because yeah. you mean something to them. Yeah. That's how we should be feeling about ourselves. Now, again, whether you're religious or not, you can still feel that way about God and yourself. You can still yeah. feel that way about yourself. That's unconditional love is having your back no matter what. Yeah, I, I agree. One of the issues that, that another thing that contributed to me struggling with confidence or lacking confidence is that there were so many things um, displayed in society that I judge myself by. Um, so many things that society um, uh, put out there, so to speak, that I felt I thought that was the standard. You know, um, I need to be a certain size. Well, I'm just going to tell you, I, I hadn't been in a single digit size in quite a while. So I didn't fit that at all. Um, so, you know, that was a, a, a negative thing against me. I, I, you know, you need to look a certain way. You need to uh, um, make a certain amount of money and that equals success or have this kind of job and this many degrees and, and all of these different things. And, and I, I found myself trying to live up to those principles, those standards that were displayed in society. And it was overwhelming. It was stressful um, because trying to be and do what everybody else said you should be and do, that's hard. That, it really is. It's a lot of work, so much work, uh, too much work for me. And um, now I grew up in um, a Baptist home. My parents were both Baptists. We went to church. Um, I will tell you that I went to church because I was told I had to go. <laughs> I wasn't uh, serious about it. And I'm just being honest, you know, at, at that time, I grew up in a house where with my parents told you to do something, you did it. Um, there, there was no uh, disrespect and so forth. Um, you, you know, we were just obedient. And so, uh, yes, I went to church, but once I, I got out of high school and went to college, well, I stopped. I was on my own, doing my own thing. So, yeah, I didn't go. You know, as time progressed, I, I would go in a little while and then get back out and so forth. But it wasn't until I actually got serious and um, I really got in my faith and, and I really started um, reading and learning what was in the Bible um, just in regards to how God sees me. And I saw that there was a contrast in what, um, you know, the standards that I saw in society versus what uh, was in the Bible. And it was just a little, I'm just talking about for me, again, everybody is going to find their own way. Everybody's going to find their own way. Uh, for me, mine happened to be my faith. It was easier for me to fall in line or be in tune or, and understand and really embrace those things that I saw there as opposed to society. I could be any size I want and, and he still loves me. You know, I, I could be flawed and he still loves me. You know, he's, he's never going to stop loving me. You know, he loves me unconditionally. And but with with humans, I'm going to tell you, most of us, it's just conditional love. You know, you do something to make me upset. Well, now I don't love you. You know, people have been married 25 years, fall out of love. How does that happen? It's conditional love. And so unconditional is a rare thing. It's very rare. if We're going to just be serious, honest about it. OK. And so um, 
I found who I was in my faith. And again, some people would take another route and, and they're going to find who they are in whatever route they take. But the bottom line is, is that you get to a point of where you are truly able to embrace who you are. You don't owe anyone an explanation as to why you are the way you are. You don't have to explain every decision that you make. You know, you don't need validation from other people. We don't have to dress or look or be a certain size because these 20 people look that way and they're that size. You be whatever you're most comfortable with as long as you can fully embrace that and stand up with full confidence and own it, I like to say, then that's fine. You don't have to give an explanation as to why uh, you took the route you, you decided to take. That's your business, I like to say. That's yours. You do whatever is going to make you get to a point of loving you. Yep. And I say that because there are so many women who do not embrace who they are. They are more focused on what other people want for them than what they want for themselves. And that really, really saddens my heart. I mean, beautiful women inside and out, but they hate who they are because it doesn't fall in line with who someone told them they need to be. Exactly. And that really saddens me. I, I want, I, we need to repeat that again. We absolutely need to repeat that part again. <laughs> so many people don't love and in essence hate who they are because their version of who they are doesn't match what somebody else said. And yeah, absolutely. We got another comment. Men too, I think sometimes their need for posturing inhibits their connectivity too. Absolutely. You think yeah. about men. Let's 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 go on the men train here for a minute because I am absolutely passionate about working with men as well. Men are taught that crying is for sissies, man up, grow some balls, <laughs> um, all of these things that men are taught. I I will put it to the world. How many? Angry, abusive men are there out there because they have never been allowed to understand, acknowledge, and express their true emotions because it's not manly. Now, I'm not excusing abusive behavior, yeah. but it makes sense. So men are taught, oh, you have to be this way and you have to be that way. You have to, you know, like, I mean, it's crazy. I started watching, um, have you seen the Cleopatra series on Netflix? They just launched it this year. Uh, there's only about four episodes and it's kind of like a half documentary, half storyline of Cleopatra's life. And it talks about ancient Egypt, the way that it was before and during the time of the, the Julius Caesar Cleopatra era. Yeah. And it talks about the fact that Cleopatra was so unique because she was a woman pharaoh. She was a female pharaoh. And in that capacity, Rome didn't think that women should rule, own businesses, do any of that. But in Egyptian culture, and we're talking before Christ, Egyptian culture, because this was like nine, or, uh, in the 44 to 30 period of, of BC, so before Christ, Egyptian culture, women had their own businesses. Women were pharaohs. Women were 
revered and honored. Women were allowed to do whatever the hell they wanted, whenever they wanted. They had their own money, their own property, their own, you know, like, I mean, this isn't a new concept, right? Um, men had as much, like there, there was equality. There was Mm -hmm. genuine equality. Now, don't get me wrong. They tried to kill each other all the time, but (laughs) it it was equality, right? There was no one is better than the other. And that's, that's people too. Right. And even back then, and and I I don't know whether they're spinning it now because it's 2023 or if it actually happened back then, none of us were there. So obviously we don't. Um, But at the same time, you look and they talk about Cleopatra being a scholar, being somebody who was interested in knowledge and really connected to the Egyptian people at a level that, you know, she didn't, obviously she acted like a queen because she was, but she loved the people and she wanted to take care of the people. And that's what it was showing. So I'm, I'm in this right now. So I apologize Mm -hmm. for using this as an example, but you know, she was even ridiculed at that point for being so connected to her subjects, for being somebody who cared, right? And it was like, it's so sad to see how many people across social media subscribe or or try to be like everybody else. I wear tank tops. I don't wear makeup. I'm overweight. I have yellowish teeth. I, you know, I have rosacea. I never wear makeup. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I've had trolls come onto the show. I've had trolls. I used to do four hour Facebook lives because I used to do uh, readings live. Um, And during that time, I would have people come on there and say I was Satan's. One person told me I was Satan's whore. And I just laughed. Oh, wow. Yep. And you know what? I've had, (laughs) had that ridicule. I've had that rejection. I've had that happen. And you know what? I just sit there and I go, that's your thought process. You yeah. know what? You're entitled to your truth. If that's what you believe about me, then that's what you believe about me. Nothing that I say is going to change your mind. And this is a lesson to everybody. Nothing anybody says should be able to change your mind on who you are, because that is their truth, their perception of who you are. Who you are should be the way you express yourself, the things you love, that you're passionate about, the way that you feel, right? And we're all uniquely individual. So embracing that, expressing that and saying, you know, you 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 might not like it. It might make you feel uncomfortable. I apologize that you feel that way, but that is not my fault. That is not my intention. And you have that choice to walk away. Right, right. I, I, I agree 110%, you know, um, get, getting back to, to, to men and then I'll, I'll catch yeah. up to where you finished. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, th- that is, um, I, I think a topic that really needs to, to, to be addressed at some point in time, because men are just, you know, I, I have this thing called woman to woman heart share and, and we really, really scared what's on our heart. And my husband's like, so y'all are telling everything that's, that you're feeling and thinking? I'm like, yeah, why not? Because <laughs> we don't do that. Because like, we just don't do that. But then I have other, uh, some male friends who, who want that, but they're saying that, you know, the other men won't do it. You know, they won't get in and talk. We need it, but they, they won't do it. And, and I know that for the men that I know, it's just part of their upbringing. That's just 
that was just their upbringing. You just don't do that as, as a male. You need to be strong. You need to suck it up. You need to deal with it. You need to move on. You know, we're not going to talk about our feelings and, and, and emotions and all that. Leave that to the women. We don't do that. You know, and so um, now I'm not saying that's with, with all men. I'm just saying, you know, the ones that I, I've been able to be around, that, that's, that was their upbringing. And um, I think we need a little bit more of that when it comes to, to men. We, we really need a, a little bit uh, more of that. But moving forward to, to women, again, I, I love the way you said, you know, uh, just embrace the things that about you that, that you like. And again, I, I, I repeat this. We can say those things now, or I can say that now with a lot of ease, but the process, the journey it took for me to get to this point to be able to say it, it was a lot of work because the same thing you're saying, I heard that I don't know how many times, you know, when I was going through what I was going through and it didn't really register with me because immediately I'd go back to what someone was saying. I had to get to a point of where I was ready to make a decision that, hey, this has to change. I can't keep living my life like this. This is ripping me apart. It is breaking me down. I'm miserable. I'm depressed. I don't like my life. I hate who I am. I can't keep moving forward like this. I am ready and I'm willing to make a change. I'm ready to put in the work and the effort. And once I got to the point of where I was really ready, then those words actually meant something to me. But before I just continued to hear it and go right back to what, you know, the negative things that were said to me. I wasn't in a state where I was truly ready. My mouth said it, but I wasn't really ready to be committed and dedicated to the process that it was going to take for me to get to the point I am now. And so it took some time to get there. So I concur with what you said, but I, I really want uh, for all women or anyone who's listening that, that's dealing with confidence issues, we say it with a lot of ease. But you're going to have to be the one to make up your mind and truly decide that you are fed up with the way things are in your life. And you have to be willing to commit and be dedicated to the process of making that change happen. Change does not happen in your life or in anyone's life without you taking proper action. So it's going to require you doing something in order to see the change that you want to see come forth in your own life. You have to be the one to stand up and say, I'm done. I can't take it anymore. And I'm ready to do what I need to do in order to get a better life, to be a better me, to, to love who I am without being concerned what people think or say about me. So I just encourage you, if you're in that state, to decide today, right now, it's perfect that you are going to stand up and, and, and take action to see that process start to take place within your life. Yep. And so one of the things I teach my own clients, because you and I do this for a living, right? This is what mm -hmm. we teach people for a living. Yes. In order to do this, and I'm going to get to the comments in a second, so <laughs> just, just <laughs> she knows I'm not ignoring her. Um, what I teach my clients is it, it is easy. It doesn't seem like it's easy, but it can be easy. The, 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 the hardest part of that is not reverting back. So that's part of the comments. So I'm going to get to that in a second. Actually, I'm going to go through the comments because I think I can answer all of this through the comments. Uh, there is a chance to gain insight into how the way we live affects others too, though. We can have blinders on when it comes to our skill sets or how we unintentionally hurt others just by living the way we know how. Now, I'm going to touch on that really quickly. We, we have the power to hurt other people 
if they allow us. So if we unintentionally hurt somebody else, number one, we most likely don't know. Number two, if we are not told that our actions, our beliefs, or our systems are hurting somebody else, then how are we supposed to know? Number three, you have to question whether it's intentional or unintentional. Um, I know a lot of people, and I've seen it happen time and time again, where they get angry, they end relationships, whether it be friendships, family, or, mm-hmm. or partners, because they keep getting hurt, but they have never once expressed how that is hurting somebody else. Now, yeah. I have told my own husband, I cannot expect you to change, but you can't expect me to change, to stay feeling the way that I'm feeling. That is the most transformational thing I've ever said in my entire relationship is I cannot expect you to change for me because nobody can expect anyone else to change for them. It does not work. But you cannot expect me to change and keep feeling the way that I'm feeling. That is not aligned. And I unconditionally love my husband, but I have said that because I was not happy with with what was going on um so i'm so and then next comment right who enjoys the difficult work of building yourself up when it's so easy to default to disbelief see that is the hard part so the hard part isn't changing your mind so if you say enough is enough i'm done i am going to so let's let's talk smoking i'm i'm a smoker so i quit smoking cigarettes three weeks ago almost three weeks ago I am now exclusively vaping. I've been smoking for 30 years. So for me to sit in my head and go, I am going to quit smoking today. If I say that in my head, I mean it, right? If, if I absolutely mean it, I have the determination, the motivation, the will to make it happen, then I can sit in that and I can stand in that power. That's not the issue. The issue is not changing your perspective or your mind. That's easy to do. The issue is keeping it. It's when life or God or or the universe or spirituality goes, here's a stress point. Are you going to continue smoking? Here's a stress point. Do you need a cigarette? Here's a stress point. Here's a habit. Here's We are constantly tested and not in a bad way. We're constantly tested. Our resolve our grit, our, um, our ability to follow through is tested all the time. So when you make a, when you make a decision to change a belief, yeah, exactly. Expect the test, that test, right? So I started my businesses. Did they go the way that I wanted them to right away? No. Were there times where I questioned (laughs) being in business? Yep. But every time that came up, the question I asked myself, my core being, who I am, is my end goal more important than what I'm experiencing right now? Is it more important than the discomfort? Is it more important than me going for the next five minutes? Okay, I'm not confident. I'm not courageous. I'm freaking out. This is stressful. What do I do? And then going, I'm still following my path. I'm still doing what I need to do. Those are those, those little endurance tests, as I like to call them, 
those are what actually end up changing it. A belief doesn't just go away. A habit, an addiction doesn't just go away. That normal feeling of being in depression, anxiety, panic, that becomes normal. The chaos becomes what you crave. That craving doesn't go away. What ends up going away is the fact that your resolve is strong enough to say, that's not happening again. I'm not going down that road again, right? If you're in negative relationship after negative relationship after negative relationship, and you say, I am breaking this cycle today, another negative relationship might come up to test you, a little endurance test, and you're going to go, nope, red flag, not today. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful life. <laughs> We're going to wait. <laughs> Thank you. It's those little endurance tests. I, um, you know, I, I, I will say I, I hear exactly what you're saying, but for, for me, it was changing my mind. That was the hardest part for me. It was deciding that I'm going to do this. That was hard for me. Uh, but you also have to understand is that I didn't make very many of my own decisions. <laughs> Usually somebody else, I said, this is what you need to do. And well, I did it, you know. Um, very indecisive. So that was a big step for me. And I know that's probably minor for a lot of people, but if you really just knew my past and how I was and, you know, where I was at at that point in my life, that was huge for me. That was a big step, a huge step. And so changing my mind was it. Now staying on that path, that was the easy part for me. So I'm completely opposite from you. And I tell you, for me, it was my faith. It was my faith. Yes, things come up, temptations, all sorts of things come up to try to, to steer you off course and, and to, to, to have you to go back. And that's okay, but it lasts momentarily. You go ahead and you do and think what you need to think in that moment. But then for me, I reverted back to my faith and what was said there. And anytime those things came up, I'd have my moment of whatever my moment may have been, whether that's a tear, whether that's a yell or whatever I needed to do in that moment. And then I say, okay, you know, you know better. And I would go to my faith and I would pull from there. And for me, that really set the tone. So there was no going back. I knew where I wanted. I knew the relationship that I wanted to have with God. And I wasn't going to have that going backwards. It was only forward to me. I knew what, my, what the life in the past was. I, I, I'm never going back there. And I know people say, don't ever say never. I can say that. I'm never going back there. I've lived that life and I'm not going back to it. I mean, the woman you see here now is nothing like I used to be. So yeah, for me and for some people, I'm sure it is staying on, on, on the course. And I'm not saying it was easy. I'm not saying that. It was very difficult. But I, I'm not one who opened my Bible every other day or every six months. I'm one who's in it every day. I'm truly in it every day. In the morning when I get up, that's how I start my day. My day ends in the Bible. Um, I'm studying throughout the days. This is every day, not someday, but every day. So I'm truly in, um, you know, devoted and committed to my faith. And so um, for me, that's, that, that's, that, that was the drive. That's what kept me pushing forward. So I would have my moments, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But then I would come right back and go to my faith and I'd pick myself up and I'd keep, I'd keep going. So you're right. We're going to have those moments uh, as we go through our process or our journey. Um, but we just got to keep moving forward. We just have to keep moving forward. You said it. Look at that end result. Where, where do you want to be? And the bottom line is no matter what pushes you through or helps you get through, we all want to get to a point of where we're truly loving who we are unconditionally. 
Um, I love that you brought that up because I think that, I think that we, I think we all get caught up in when that, that decision is made, right? For you, um, you and I both were saying the same thing, but different ways. And I love that. Yes. And point this out. <laughs> um, you probably had a lot of those test moments before you made those decisions, right? Making the decision was the hard part, right? Mm-hmm. So that was that, yeah, like those were the little endurance tests. Once you make that decision, though, that's it. That decision's made, right? So whether you're struggling before or whether you're struggling after, that doesn't matter because you you have to make the decision. I will wholeheartedly, absolutely, unequivocally agree with Jamie. (laughs) You have to make that decision for yourself. Nobody... It's not going to be the same person. It's not going to be the same for any of us. We are unique individuals. We all have different thoughts, different beliefs, different, different needs. We are all uniquely different. So our, our experiences are uniquely different. And while Jamie and I will share ours and say that, you know, they're, they're a little bit different. That's great. When we're helping other people, and I'm sure Jamie will concur on this. When we're helping other people, we might use our stories as references, but we want your story. We want to help you through. And that's what we do. And I'm not using that as a promotion or it's, there are people out there like Jamie and I, wherever you find us that are there to help you so that that decision is easier. That thought process is easier. You might not go through all of the same issues that we went through getting to this part because we've already done there. We've already been there, done that, got the t-shirt to say it, right? Like, <laughs> um, whatever that looks like, right? One of my newest t-shirt designs, and I'm not going to curse on it, but it's so effing worth it. <laughs> That's what it's going to say on it, right? And you can interpret that however you want, whether I'm so worth it, the situation's so worth whatever, right? Yeah. But so effing worth it because all of my creations have swear words in it but that's just one of my businesses so we're just not going to go into that but um okay (laughs) grace forgiveness learning how to be assertive etc takes practice yes um expect the test and considering how does my behavior responses serve my goal absolutely all right um is there anything else you'd like to add before we get going jamie um i just want to again if anyone is dealing with you know, lacking confidence, I really, really encourage them um, to make that choice now, (laughs) right now. Don't wait, because if you wait, then that's time for more doubt to creep in and all the what ifs and everything. No, do it right now. Decide that you're ready to take action and you're ready to move forward. There is so much potential in each and every one of us. I mean, you think you know what you're capable of, but you really don't. There's so much that you haven't even tapped into and I can say this with a, with a lot of confidence because I know it to be true. So there's so much inside of you that you haven't even begun to tap into, but you have to get to a place of where you're truly embracing yourself so you can start to identify those areas, those uh, areas of potential and truly maximize it to become the best version of you. So I really encourage you to make that decision and decide today that you're going to um, move forward and really start to love yourself unconditionally and do it unapologetically. I don't know about you, uh, but you said that beautifully. And one of the, we all have uh, limitations on who we work with and and the situation. 
One of my number one, and I mean number one requirements for my one-on-one clients is they have to have made that decision. They have to be (laughs) at that point where enough is enough and they are ready, determined, and willing to do the work to change their lives. If you're not there, I won't work with you. I will refer you to other, I won't work with you because that is, it, it. when you get to that point, when you are frustrated, fed up, angry, whatever, whatever yeah. it looks like, when you are at that point of enough is enough, no matter whether that's your life, your business, your career, mm-hmm. your kids, none of it, yeah. whatever part of your life, if you are at it is enough is enough. That is the most transformational part of your life you will ever, ever find um, for yourself, not for anyone else, but for yourself. All right. Um, I love this episode. Uh, I think this has been a rock star episode in and of itself. So absolutely, if you've catched the replay or if you are watching live, make sure you give it a share, give it a like. Uh, make sure everybody else sees it because this is one hell of an episode. Um, and I say that with kindness. <laughs> Jamie, thank you so much for joining me today. I have absolutely valued your time. Thank you for having me. This has really been a blast. I've enjoyed every minute of it. So thank you so much. <laughs> absolutely. Um, how would you determine the person's self is at that point where where they will move forward? It's, it's in your tone. Um, um, I find so much value in every podcast. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. And she says, thank you, Jamie, as well. Um, our viewer today. Um, it's like, like knows like, right. Mm -hmm. Um, there, there is something about the way that you talk about the energy that you portray your expression. Um, it's in the answers to our questions. It's, There is a definite shift that happens when somebody has gotten to that point. And um, you feel it uh, as an individual who's gotten to that point, there's energy, there's power, there is, you are overflowing. Uh, it's almost like you're antsy and it's like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Like, you know, it's yeah. like, a, yeah, there, there, there's definitely a shift that comes out and it, and it, you, you express it in everything that you do and say, when you yeah. get to a point where you are ready to move forward, um, you definitely express it. And, and like I said, people like Jamie and I will be able to identify that immediately, yeah. um, when, when talking or working with somebody and, it's not that we don't want to help the people who aren't there, um, but it, it's, it, I'm not going to say it's a waste of our time because it's never a waste of our time. What mm-hmm. it is, what? if we work with, with people who are not at that point, they're not going to, they're not going to get the value. They're not going to, their money is not going to be well spent. Um, and right. they're, they're not going to find the success moving forward um, that somebody who is at that point would, would right and awaken. So um, that is definitely something to look into. Um, Okay. So for anybody watching or catching the replay, uh, lots of love. Thank you for watching this episode. Like I said, share, like, follow. Uh, If you want to see a topic featured on the show that maybe we haven't covered, please absolutely reach out. Make sure that you reach out to Jamie if you want to learn more. Her links are in the description of this episode. Oh, our sponsor today, Phoenix Identity, uh, which just happens to be my identity coaching company I've sponsored today. So go and check that out. 
you want a clarity session and you want to start identifying who you are and what your power is, go and look at that. Um, all right. Again, Jamie, thank you so much. This has been a fantastic. Yeah. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Lots of love, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful afternoon, morning, or evening, depending on when you're watching. And I'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks again, Jamie. And go and check her out. <laughs> Bye.